Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. Here we are again. Okay, renew. We're talking about that this year. And uh, what's, what's really interesting, and I'm not sure, and I really appreciate what Steve shared, it's very easy to walk into a gathering when we all come together, even if you're in your small groups, right, or even a Friday night devotional, it's very easy to walk in and, and to be really self-absorbed, really to just be thinking about me and just be thinking about like all, whatever our thoughts are, we can get disconnected and all these things. And I think sometimes it's really important for us to sit around. I think that's even an aspect of communion where we recognize the body of Christ and understand that everyone isn't walking in here today the same as we are, right? Like Steve was saying, sometimes you walk in, you're disconnected, you're, you know, you've had a bad week for whatever reason, you know, uh, it's been a great week, it's been a horrible week, whatever it is. And there's something about us being together where we consider that everyone isn't walking in the same way I'm walking in right now, all right? Because you could come in and go, man, this is the greatest thing in the world. Well, that's awesome, and God will use you with other brothers and sisters as well, okay? So just keeping that in mind um, when we do come together, because being a disciple isn't easy. I I want you to think about that. Now, your expectation may be it should be easy. It should be easy. Right? You become a disciple and it's just everything is easy. And when things aren't easy, then something is very wrong. Okay? And that's absolutely not the truth. All right? When, when we talk about uh, our king who's gone before us and died and rose again, and he's calling us to die to ourselves, that's not an easy task. Right? That's, not, that's a daily thing. And, and if we're not careful, what ends up happening okay, is that we just kind of like go with the flow of culture, right? We just kind of go with the stream, okay? And here's the worst part about our stream here. We're in the Bible Belt, right? And so our stream looks kind of okay. You're going, but the stream here is kind of good. No, 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 it's still going downstream. It's not cutting against the culture and against the world, right? It's difficult to be a disciple. We need renewal, me and you, every single day, every single second, Right. Thank God for his Holy Spirit that he puts inside of us. It's continually renewing us. Right. But we also, again, live in a world where we need refreshment. We need revival. We need there's so much I know I need and there's so much I know you all need. But we need together um, that needs to be renewed on a consistent basis. Right. Um, And we've had this experience before, you know, is there there are times when um, we may preach or teach or focus on a specific topic. Right. We've done this with different things. And 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 some people, man, we need to talk about this more. Right. I don't know if we always have to talk about a specific subject more, but we're recognizing that we need renewal. Right. We're recognizing that, man, there was this deficit and 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 I've got to dig in. But it's so refreshing to see in the word of God how we can be there. There's kind of two sides of this renewal and refreshment. There's this immediate refreshment. 
right? And then there's this long-term renewal of just uh, becoming more like Jesus through the Spirit, right? And so, again, I hope, um, you know, again, that, that we're just, that we have our minds set on this because it can be very easy to go, man, okay, I, I'm a disciple. I come to church. I try to do good things. And, and uh, you know, we just kind of live a, a boring, dead kind of existence, right? We're trying not to do that. Uh, we jumped into Galatians last week. We, we hit a whopping one verse, okay? We, we dug out a, one single verse, okay? And uh, we're going to continue to do that actually today. If you have a chance and you want to read Galatians, sometimes we're like, man, Galatians is a little bit difficult, partially because we don't have like that Jewish connection, okay? And so Paul actually does a really cool thing for the first four chapters Right? He actually explains to, to a non-Jewish group of people like why the law wasn't meant to save us, what, why the law was too much of a burden. It was a good thing. It was a good thing. God didn't mess up. Right? Sometimes we, we forget God did not mess up with the law. The law was perfect in its time, and the complete fulfillment of the law was Jesus. Okay, And it's, it's really that simple. There, there you go. That's the cliff notes of the first four chapters of, of Galatians. Okay. Now, here's the interesting thing. Galatians is truly about one thing and one thing alone, the gospel. That, that's it right there. He starts out right in chapter one, and he's telling them, listen, I, guys, we need to talk because the gospel, Paul is saying the gospel I preach to you guys, you're abandoning because there are people coming in and teaching something different. And they're actually like having you do things and they're, they want Gentiles to submit to the rules of Judaism, right? And so again, we talked last week about the idea of how simple it is to, to kind of just kind of float into a false gospel. And that may sound very harsh to your ears because you go, man, Keith, why are you being so judgmental? <laughs> a false gospel just because it's not, here's the deal is there's one true gospel and, and I think we all understand something. As human beings, our tendency isn't to just be naturally exactly like Jesus. Unless yours is. <laughs> Maybe that's a gift. That's awesome. If it is, I've never met that person. That's like, I can't help but to be like Jesus. All right. It's very easy. In fact, it's, it's humanistic. In fact, here's the deal. If me or you could make up a plan to foil Christianity. The plan wouldn't be just to distract. It would be to change it ever so slightly. That, that, that's a beautiful plan by Satan, is make something sound good and right for a long enough period of time that we actually fight against getting back on track. All right, what a beautiful plan. And, we, and, and oftentimes in our own arrogance, we think, no, we would never be that way. Right? We, we inflate human beings so much, we look back in our history and we're going, no, this guy couldn't have been wrong and this guy couldn't have been wrong and this guy. I'm going, hold on a minute. I don't know of any infallible human being. I, I don't know of that, right? And sometimes our allegiance can be to people in the world rather than to Jesus. All right? I know I've been wrong. All right? Have I tried to be wrong? Have I tried to? Absolutely not. But here's the deal is, is we keep going back to Jesus, not to Keith. All right. That's what's so important about what we're doing and why we're studying Galatians. Because this one verse. Uh, oh, man, 
No, 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 no. Can you go all the way down to the next renew slide, buddy? Sorry. It's right there in the middle. Is that it? Yeah, okay. Uh, so, uh, again, we've been talking about some different things, and you can go back and listen to that. Uh, that like that idea if we looked at what are some common false gospels of today, right? And I think that it's very easy we can look at that and, and go, no, these sound pretty, pretty familiar to all of us. It, it's interesting in Matthew 24, 14, the way Jesus talks about the gospel, he talks about the gospel of the kingdom. Right? Now, now, here's the interesting thing is, are we following the gospel Jesus preached? That's, that's very important. Are, are we following it? And what is the gospel that he preached? Okay, what, what is that gospel? That's something that each and every one of us need, not just to have like the informative answer to give somebody, but the answer that is like, man, this is so deep. This is so important. This is so motivating. This is so compelling that this changes how I do everything. This changes how I, I look at the world, right? Matthew 24, 14, it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole inhabited earth as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Right? See, God did have this plan. He said, this gospel will be proclaimed everywhere, and then the end will come, okay? And this is the verse that we dug into, okay? Essentially, essentially Paul writes, he said, you've been made free to live free. Christ has liberated us to be free. And the question is, if I am a disciple, if I've made Jesus Lord, am I living as a free person? Because that, that may not be true, okay? You may have gone, no, I have been set free, but I sure haven't been living that way. Like I'm living like I'm still in captivity, right? And so here's the interesting thing right here. There, there are these aspects as I'm studying this out because I love this. This is one of my favorite things in the entire Bible is what is this gospel? And why did Jesus just go around saying, like, this is, this is all that matters, Oftentimes, we don't look at the Bible that way. We look at the Bible and we're going, we kind of cherry pick here and there and we look all over the place to see what we want to do or how we want to behave. Instead, we start at this gospel. And so here's the interesting thing, and this is where I think me and you and kind of like cultural Christianity as a whole, we can kind of mess up, okay? Is this idea of it's very easy to get confused, the gospel the benefits of the gospel, and what the expected response to the gospel is supposed to be. And we're, and we're going to look into that a little bit more, okay? Now, again, I, I feel like I have to just letting everybody know is you hear come out of my mouth a lot. Like, this is what we need to change as like cultural Christianity and all these things. I, I don't want you to hear this idea of, man, we have, we're so perfect that if everybody just did what, no, no. I hope we can be a messenger. I hope as a church, as a Clemson Foothills Church, we can model not our brand, but that true freedom that Jesus said, this comes with my gospel, all right, that truly changes communities, right? And so that's one of the things to keep in mind is our goal isn't let's like market our brand more. Our goal is let's dig into the text and the word of God and let's turn it loose, 
Okay, and that's, that's just an important idea here. Let's dig into these just a tad bit. Remember, well, just thinking in your mind a couple of thoughts when we're talking about Galatians is gospel, 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 okay? Is this idea of, man, what is this? What is it about? Why is it so important? Why in chapter 5 does he kind of pivot and go, hey, you've been set free, all right? And here is the, actually the gospel that Jesus taught, okay? And so... Right there, Mark 1, and you can go ahead and turn over there. You could, uh, some, sometimes we don't get a chance to exercise our Bible turning skills with all of our PowerPoints and all of that kind of stuff. So it's good to knock the rust off. Um, I haven't really got to rant about paper Bibles in a while. God's ordained Bible is a paper Bible. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. You, you're at home on Facebook going, this guy is such a jerk. No, I'm just messing. I get it, right? I, I get it. You have your... Motorola Razor, and you're checking out your, uh, your Bible on it or whatever. Mark 1.15, Jesus says, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the good news. All right, so he says, he, here's the interesting thing. So the gospel, this, this idea of the gospel begins with this idea of there is a new king and a new kingdom. Okay, without, without that, here's the deal. Oh, no, 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 Jesus came to save us. Well, yeah, sure. But when you start the gospel with the idea of, no, it's actually a kingdom. With a king, okay, there's so much that comes with that in our understanding. There's so much to the good news of that. It, it's, it's like what Steve was saying is, you know, sometimes it's so we depersonalize discipleship away from Jesus so much that we forget that this idea of a new king was was so just beautiful because it wasn't he wasn't like any other king that was just using people. It was this idea of he was a king that was drawing people into him. He was a king that sacrificed ahead of his people. He was a king that was like, man, I love you. I've I've actually already acted on your behalf before you were good, right? That, that's a really powerful thing, okay? Um, and then, in, and so you have this idea of the kingdom of heaven, okay? Mark 8, 31 verse, uh, to verse 32, what he says is, he starts telling his guys, I'm going to die. I'm, I'm going to die because that's what I've came here I've come here to do this, and I will rise again, right? But the Son of Man must do this, okay? And, and that, is the, that is super, super simple right here, is the kingdom is here. There's a new king. He'll die and be raised from the dead and reign forever, all right? Now, here's the tough part of this. Oftentimes, what me and you can do, because it's just, it's uncomfortable to talk about like, what does it mean to be a disciple with people? It's just, it's uncomfortable, okay? It's uncomfortable in a religious setting. It's uncomfortable when everybody already thinks they're disciples to have this conversation, okay? It just is, it just is. It's just one of those things. And so what we end up doing that becomes like agreeable to everybody is we go, see, here's the gospel. Don't you agree with it? That's an easy conversation to have. Don't you agree with that? Because that sounds really cool. That sounds like I get a lot of things. That sounds something really neat. That sounds like I'm not going to hell. 
That sounds like, man, it's not asking. I'm not even being asked to do anything with just this portion. Okay? And it's very simple to do that, except Jesus proclaimed a gospel that was simply like the agreement of it wasn't what he was after. All right. And this is just super important, okay, as we're going through this, because we're going, hold on a minute. Um, Do I want freedom from the world? Do do I want to live as a free person, liberated? Like, hey, man, the weight is off. Paul said it was like a yoke coming off, like this heavy, heavy yoke. All right. Is that what we want? All right. Because that's a very different looking community. All right. And so it's this idea of like, this is why this is so important. Right. And so you have this this gospel here. And oftentimes this is where we stop. And when I say we, I mean like Christians in general is here's this bunch of information. And don't you love it? Don't you agree with this? And then what we expect is, okay, why is it miraculous things happening to me right now? Like, like why is it more happening? Like, I agreed with that. <laughs> I, I agreed. In fact, I told everybody around me I agreed with it. I accepted it. I, and, and, and the whole time, it's, this, is, this is where kind of like we talked about last week, the emperor's new clothes. You know, it's kind of like, then all of a sudden I may enter into a group of people and everyone's going, no, hey, we're all free. We all been chained. It's all. And we're going, man, I don't want to be the person. Like, I don't know. Let me, I better not say anything. And, and that's kind of what happens. And so what's very interesting is it's, it's fascinating. This is one of my favorite things as, as an evangelist, as a minister, is being able to talk with people away from like a corporate setting and just talking to people in general. And when there's this truth revealed, like, I don't know if Christianity is real. Can I tell you how prevalent that is among people sitting in churches on Sunday? That is the emperor's new clothes. That is, I don't want to say anything because look at all these people. They agree with me, except here's the interesting thing. Person after person after person is going, I don't know. I've never experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. I've never experienced freedom from sin. I've never, like there's never, they talk about stuff and that's one of the things. They go, man, people at church talk about things and I'm just like, that's, you don't even, I don't get it. You're so unconnected. That's one of our biggest things in our society today is, is man, my church doesn't get me. I don't get them. And, and here's the reason is because we've just simply agreed with some good news. Okay, that, that really is, that's a sad fact that ends up happening, right? And we forget then. So if you're like really doing something, you'll go, but there's great benefits to this, to this agreement. There's great benefits, right? There's freedom. There's forgiveness of sins. It's great. In Acts chapter 2, there's, there's a number of places where you have this kind of ex- exposition of the gospel. Man, Peter does such a great job of like walking through the history of Israel to his Jewish brothers, okay? And he's like, let me just share the gospel with you, okay? And it's really fascinating, but the benefit, that's a great benefit, isn't it? To have your sins washed away. Here's where we can get confused again. Hey, agree with the gospel. Now you want to know what? Your sins are forgiven. Hold on a minute. Could there be more? Did Jesus' gospel, did he preach more, right? It says in Acts 2 that the Holy Spirit lives in us. That's a great benefit. All right? 
But here's the thing is, that's not the gospel. Okay, we, we have to be very careful about this because it's very easy to turn the gospel into benefits rather than the gospel is Jesus Christ. Okay, that's what's so important is if when we start looking at, no, you know what the good news is? I'm forgiven for my sins. No, 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 no. That's good news. It's not the gospel. All right. But you see how all of a sudden when we start taking the benefits of Jesus' gospel and we start equating them with the gospel, then what ends up happening is, is it's very, we just are on a slippery slope to discouragement. All right, you know what's a great benefit? Adoption. Ephesians 1. Golly, Steve, what a great chapter, right? I mean, oh my goodness. is this idea of adoption and purpose and mission and all of these things. Romans 6 says you get a brand new life. Brand new life. That's a great benefit. You want to know what the benefit is? You get to become a disciple maker. All right. Here's the crazy thing is. It, we, we follow a king and we're like, I, it's hard for me to see, but I'm glad he went to the cross. And I'm glad he like proclaimed the gospel. And I'm glad those 12 guys followed him around. And I'm glad they wrote some things. But I don't ever want to do what my king did. Does that make sense? Right, it shouldn't, <laughs> right? It's this idea of going, hold on a minute, I follow Jesus, but I don't ever want to do what he did. All right? Isn't that fascinating? It's, it's when I ask people, man, what's your life been like as a disciple maker? It's very few people have any stories. I'm going, hold on a minute, our king was a disciple maker. Our, our king went to the cross as a disciple maker. Our king rose and he gave us not just like a what to do, but a why to do it. Okay, like the greatest why in the world. Like there was no better why. And this is one I think we forget. Galatians 6, 14, we get free from the rules and expectations of the world. What a benefit. What do I mean by that? Here, here's what I mean. The, the world says, I have it to be successful. I have to either make a certain amount of money or have a certain level of prestige. Okay. The, the gospel tells me, you want to know what? You're free from that, man. You have identity that's greater than any of that. And it's meant for us to go, whew, thank God, because you want to know what? That is a hard road to go down. All right. I, I, I've done it. I've been like, okay, hey, here's, here's the deal. As an athletic trainer, I'm kind of like, okay, we're going to professional sports, but then it's not just what NFL or NBA team you work for. It's like, is yours better than your buddies? <laughs> okay. And who's going to win awards and who's, whose team is going to, and that is absolutely tiring. And here's the deal is we, we kind of do it here, which is like, man, degrees are going to, no, Hey, here's the, here's the great thing. Do your best, do your best in school. But you know what? Man? We're, we're free to go, okay, there's a point when I've done my best and there's a point when I'm obsessive. <laughs> and I can go, I've done my best and now I can go live my life. I don't need school to rule my life. Okay, that, that bothers me so much when I hear this is, oh, I'm sending my kids to college and their job is to be at school. I'm like, well, if your child's a disciple, that, that's a very dangerous gospel to preach to them. Because what you're saying is go after what the world says is important, but say Jesus is your Lord. Okay, you see what we do right there? It's so easy, and this is not from bad people. This is just people, man, I love my kids, and I'm saying, you know. So it's this idea of we are free unless we aren't. Okay, 
Unless I'm like, no, man, I am not happy unless I get. And you want to know what? The, the thing about it is, is, is when you work in the ministry, it's the same. It's the same, okay? It's the idea of going, does my success have to be with, man, how big a church can you grow? How, how many people are going to be there? What are the numbers? How much money can you bring in? That's what Christianity, like Christian ministry says oftentimes. And, and for me to go, oh, I mean, you know what I love? I'm free to do is, is I am free to let God build his church. Okay, I am free to not have to be like thinking I have to control the church. That's a big deal, man. That, that is a big deal. These are benefits, though. Okay, it's so important that we don't say this is the gospel, just benefits. Because here's the interesting thing right here. This is where the rubber meets the road. Okay, this is where Jesus teachings and this is when Jesus proclaimed his gospel. This is what came with it. There's this great news. I'm dying for I'm a new king. I'm going to take your place. You can't do this. I'm going to die for you. Can you imagine? Here's the deal. Could you imagine anyone coming to you and saying, you know, I, I will die for you? Like in a scenario, unfortunately, you know, we don't ever get in scenarios where our life is like in, you know, but, you know, you think if somebody were to come and stand in front and say, man, I'll die for you. How moving that would be. Okay. And so. You know, that's the, that, that is the gospel right there. And, and so here's the thing is, is, is out of fear oftentimes, out of this idea of, man, I don't want to step on anyone's toes, is this development of like, no, man, just say a prayer, a prayer of agreement, a prayer of like commitment, a prayer of all of these things. And he, here's me talking right here. If you're telling me that, then I'm going, you got to show me some Bible where that is there. Or I don't want it. Okay, I don't care what Jesus asked me. And I don't care what Jesus asked us, but I got to see it. Okay, and I don't want us to be a church of people that sidestep freedom in the gospel just because it's an easier conversation. Right? Does that make sense there? So here's the deal is, is yes, the expected response to the gospel is a decision. Right? That we have had enough of the world. Man, that, that, no more. Man, there's this king, right? And Jesus said, yeah, I've come. Repent because I've come. It, it, it's fascinating to me is the majority of kind of our, like, again, just in general kind of cultural Christianity, repentance is almost always left out when we're talking about the gospel. And, and here's what it's saying, okay? For us, for me and you to follow this First of all, we, we've got to live this out continually. But second of all, to withhold this from somebody, that's the worst trick in the world. That is a truly, truly evil game you're playing with somebody because you're saying, I'm going to offer you all this life. But I don't want to talk about repentance because you might get upset. Like, I want to keep you from freedom because I want you to be like all the other people. I want you to just come to church and sing songs and look happy. And then walk home and in your own heart and in your own minds, you are desperate still. And you're wondering, is this guy even real? Okay. And so this is, he's, here's a, this, again, the, the gospel isn't repentance, but it's expected. 
He says, follow me. Mark 8, 34 to 38, it's that idea of deny yourself and take up your cross. So here's the implication. This is what I hear. This is what I hear as a disciple. This is what I hear from my king. Right? He, he's calling us to be disciple makers. This gospel is so amazing. And he's saying, you guys can do the same thing I do here. Now, he gets to do all the saving work, okay? Like we don't get to absolve sin and all those kind of things. But then he's telling me, okay, and again, uncomfortable conversations, right? To go, no, but to follow the gospel for true freedom, we have to die to ourselves every single day. Like that, yes, die to ourselves. That's take up your cross means that. It doesn't mean that God has given you a hard life. Taking up our cross isn't like, man, I have this ailment and that's taking up my cross. No, no, it's actually taking up your crosses that we decide because of this gospel that there is an expectation that comes with that. And what that is, is for me to carry my own cross, for me to die to myself. Why? To get freedom, to have this freedom, to live in freedom. Right. And so Matthew 16, Mark 8, this is what Jesus is talking about. In Matthew 16, he says, what good is it if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? What good is it? He's, he's making a rhetorical statement there of just this idea of, of if, why, why would you not want to die? Why would you live for yourself and try to live for me? Because you're going to lose your soul. What's the use of that? And then in Mark 16, as well as Matthew 28, the response is, is that we go and we proclaim the gospel, right? The, the gospel, the benefits of the gospel, the expectations of the gospel. Here's the cool thing is you see, there's just this beautiful cycle. <laughs> think, wow, what a beautiful, beautiful cycle as, as we like are immersed in the gospel. And, and I'm talking about, yeah, I heard it one time. I'm talking about like I taste it. Like, man, I understand. I, I understand. I know what this tastes like. Like every single day, this is what motivates me. This truly is what we would say Christ's love compels me. Right? And so you look at this beautiful thing of God going, okay, I'm going to have my people that are just like swarming in the gospel. They're just living. It's just dripping off of them. And there's going to be this, and, and what I'm really asking them to do is do some things not to get saved, but because this gospel, this good news requires a decision. And these benefits, particularly the benefit of being free, is going to get passed on. And then it's just this consistent life cycle. This consistent life cycle. Now, for me and you, what's difficult a lot of times is we want things to be immediate. I want my life to be immediately changed. I want to be immediately renewed. I want immediate freedom. But here's the interesting thing is his goal for the church was that, hey, you don't know what? When you get enough people around each other and it's just helping, it's just kind of like this. Again, like in my mind, I'm going, man, this swarm of like gospel filled people. That, that alone makes people go, wow, there's something a little different about those folks. There's, there's something just a little bit different here, okay? Now, here's the tough part. Me and you kind of have to, have to buy into Jesus' process. We have to buy into his plan, which is when, when just one person 
kind of decides it, that actually does make a difference. All right, sometimes we're going, oh man, we just, what, if it, what can I do? How can I, how can I change anything? He's like, no, but when everybody begins in the church, it's like this. It just begins like, like spinning off like more and more like strength and encouragement and there's more, more gospel and we're growing. It's not, like, it's not like we just get it one day and then forget about it. And so it's the idea of do I, do I buy into this or am I just looking for immediate gratification and immediate change and going, well, I tried it. I tried this and it just didn't work. Go, no, man, it's this commitment to this process, okay? Here's the interesting thing. Signs, these, these are some, some signs here. And, and all of us, were in process. We are works in progress, okay? That's what, that's what we are, okay? So if you're getting discouraged and you're feeling like, oh, man, I'm not this, like, superhuman, like, free guy, is going, man, commit to the process, Okay? Understand that we are works in progress here, but you want to know what? Here's how we'll know. When we're viewing people, purpose, and things radically different. All right. It's when me and you start looking around and we see people, think, oh, what did I say, purpose? I knew there was another P in there. I'm going, what was that? Places? Pickles? <laughs> like, what do we, what do we see differently? Yeah, yeah purpose and things radically different. We start losing our attachment to the material world. That's a sure sign of freedom. That is a sure sign of freedom. Okay. It's this idea of kind of, you know, it's that idea of, you know, dads out there when you're taking your kids and you're learning and they're learning how to swim. And it's like, they're attached to that wall, man. You know, you're just like, come on, come on. You can do this. You can make it. Come on out here. It's like, man, no, I want to grab onto this. Right. When we're totally still attached to the material world when it comes to people, places, money, things, all of these kind of things, is we're not living in freedom. We're, we're just going, come on, man. Like his version of it is take a step out of the boat. OK, that's his version of it. We start losing our attachment to, to money. We see it different. OK, and, and, and so here's your here's your political statement of the week. OK, like the government's giving us money. Is that a secret to anyone? <laughs> Come on, Keith, you're so materialistic. The, the government's like, here, take money. Whatever you agree on that principle, whatever you're like, no, I'm on this side, I disagree, on this side, we need more, or whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, there's money going into your bank account, most likely, all right? And it's the idea of, man, now I can go and spend it on me. You know what I always wanted? You know, man, I just got this, Cool MacBook a couple years ago, but you know the new one is way better. <laughs> right? I mean, man, I got this iPhone, whatever it is, but the new one is way better. Right? There's always something better, and it's the idea of here's the deal. As we're living in freedom, a sign of living in freedom is that we start viewing things radically different. We start viewing money radically different. We start going, you want to know what? God is blessing my family to help other families right? That's one of the things I love. Like I was, I talked to Mike about this often and Mike says, here's the deal is I look at my money, even like God is giving me money to feed other people. Okay. That's a different way of looking at money. <laughs> right. 
A lot of times we look at it and we're like, oh man, you know what I see? I see vacation after vacation after all of these things, you know, and just all of these things. Listen, a free person is like, I'm not attached any longer. 2 Corinthians 5, we don't live by sight, right? There isn't anything material that we look at for security. We lose attachment with titles and accomplishments, right? I, I shared that. I'm a free throw champ of Solano County. 1983, I think it was 83, fifth grade. I rocked that foul line, right? Dude, the, see, the accomplishment hadn't got me anywhere, okay? <laughs> but seriously, it's this idea we start viewing titles and accomplishments radically different. We're like, it's not my security. We abandon the world's view of security. We have a changed view of people, right? It's different. I don't see people as, hey, what can I get from you? It's, and not just it's a little different, it's radically different. That you walked in somewhere, wherever you go into work, and your, your radical mindset is, what can I do to serve here? All right, it, it doesn't matter where you are. That's the radical side of it. All right, it's in every circumstance. It's a radically different view of life completely, okay? Because you're going, hold on a minute, I'm free. What can these things give me in the way of security? What? Like there's nothing that these things can give me. It doesn't matter. Okay? And so there's this idea. Now, here's the interesting thing. There's a chapter. I love this chapter. Galatians 5 and Romans 8. Okay? This week, read those together. Okay? Read them together because they're, they're parallel chapters. Now, we kind of mess up Romans 8 a little bit because Romans 7 oftentimes we read as... A, a, a letter of a man, like a double-minded man, okay? Where, where Paul says, man, what I don't want to do, I do, and what I'm not doing. And it's very easy to read that and go, yeah, man, I live in sin too all the time. And I want to be a disciple, but then I make bad choices. Mm-mm. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about being under the law. <laughs> he's saying, I tried my best under the law. And even when I wanted to do good, I couldn't do good. All right. Paul, in Paul's view, he was doing good when he had Christians jailed. Even when I want to do good, I can't do it because I'm under the law. Right. I'm actually working against even in my greatest moments. OK, so let's always make sure that we read Romans 7 correctly. Because, again, it's not a license to just live this double life as a disciple. OK, he's talking about this is under law. But then he starts out in, in verse one. And, and this is what's so cool about that. He says, but now, since we're not under law, there is no condemnation for those in Jesus. All right. It's not heavy like that anymore. And he goes on to teach about the spirit. And he actually says, no, the spirit inside of you will have you want to do things that God wants you to do. Okay, let's read that right here. Romans 8, if I were to title Romans chapter 8, um, I would say, that this is a le- the, the words of a free man. This is what a free man sounds like. Okay, Th- this takes everything we've talked about and go, this is what a free man or woman in Christ sounds like right here. Therefore, he says, there's no condemnation in, for those in Christ because the Spirit's law of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. 
what the law could not do since it was limited by the flesh. And again, I, I just got to say, when we see these words like the flesh, it's this idea of like sinful nature. Okay, think like our, our, our deepest, like that, that's our sinful nature. It's, it's what we want, okay? What the law could not do since it was limited by the flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the flesh like ours under sin's domain and as a sin offering in order that law, the law's requirement would be accomplished in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. There's all kinds of gospel in there too, by the way. Like if you're hearing that, he's going, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is Jesus paying the cost. This is the price, so we don't have to do this. Verse five, for those who live according to the flesh or the sinful nature, they think about those things. But those who live according to the spirit, they think about the things of the spirit. For the mindset of flesh, the, lines, the mindset of selfish nature is death, but the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. What a contrast between that, right? Where, where Paul is actually going, this is what's so great about the Holy Spirit, is that when I set my mind on it, I, and in Galatians 5, he says the same thing, I don't want to do those other things. Like, I actually can live and say no to sin. Right? That, that's interesting. The mindset, verse 7, of the flesh is hostile to God because it doesn't submit itself to God's law for it's unable to do so. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, not in the flesh... Now, if Christ is in the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness... And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. Okay, and so what I love about this, he's just ramping up like, hey, this is what's really fantastic. This is the great part. This is what freedom is all about right here. Okay, it's this freedom to, to, to just be totally focused here. And then he's going to get into more of the spirit, verse 12. So then, brothers, we aren't obligated to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to it, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you'll live. All those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you didn't receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, also heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ, seeing that we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. This is a lot of people, this is like, what a great verse. A lot of, man, we love that. Abba, Father. Right, that, what a beautiful thing, okay? But, but again, we can even kind of change. You know what's interesting about this right here? Is like... To, to, like in Jewish culture, even today, in Jewish culture, what Abba means actually means something more than just daddy. Abba means daddy, I'm here. Like it's attention. It's the idea of I'm here listening to you. Okay, that's the freedom right there. It's not just like, oh yeah, man, this is so great that I can just kind of sit in my room all day and go, Abba, daddy, yes, I love you. You know, amen to all that. But that's not what that means. What that means is, is Abba, like, man, I'm here. I'm listening to you. Like, I'm near. 
Okay? He said, that's what we have. That's what we're, the Spirit controls us, is the Spirit is just right there with us, okay? So as we go on, he goes on in verse 18, he says, I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. This is like what Steve talked about earlier. For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to futility. And he goes on and he talks, he, he continues to go on. But here's, here's what's crazy. I want to pick up there, there, right there in verse 31, okay? He, he talks about all this stuff. And then here's what he says. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He didn't even spare his own son, but offered him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus. Or danger or sword. As it's written... Because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than victorious through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded that not even death or life, angels or rulers, things present or things to come, hostile powers, height or depth, or any other created thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right, that's the outflow of a free man, okay? And here's, again, uh, so sad what we end up doing with this. Because like, oh, what this means is, is that you can become a Christian, do whatever you want. Like, no one can separate you. That is the farthest thing from what Paul is writing here. Okay, he isn't, he isn't saying this and going, hey, guys, here's the deal. Just like, accept Jesus and live however you want. And if anybody ever kind of like calls you on it, you can just tell them like, nothing can separate me. I'm like, that's a made-up story. That's not Romans 8, okay? Let's be very clear about that because, again, what we're talking about is he's going, no, guys, this is freedom. This is freedom right here. Like, this is this idea of, like, who can be against us? There's nothing, nothing that we come in contact with this week, nothing in, in the physical world that can come and just snatch you. It's like, no, man, we're in the spirit. Jesus is interceding for us. The spirit is speaking into our weaknesses. Right. All of this being said, here's here's the deal. As as a free person to go, man, we can take a deep breath. And who knows what will happen? And you all know what chances are this past week hasn't been perfect for you. And chances are in the past year you've gone through some pain and you've gone through some disappointment and that will continue as well. All right. But here's this entire point of this gospel here. And again, Romans 8, Galatians 5, this entirety of the, they're almost exactly parallel. And the, it's from the standpoint of, here's the deal. Don't, don't live with what you see in front of you. Like live by the Spirit and understand something. The Spirit of God will lead us directly to the cross. The Spirit of God will lead us into areas that we would never go in. Without the Spirit. The Spirit will lead us not to, not to like the beaches of Tahiti all the time, right? Which is, that's like the normal thing today, right? I mean, the Spirit of God, the Spirit tells me He wants me to be, you know, in, in, on vacation all year. 
right? No, the Spirit of God will put us right there where the gospel needs to be proclaimed. Because he can go, listen, y'all be confident. Take a deep breath and be confident no matter what's coming at you. All right? You could take a deep breath and go, man, this is, I'm so glad I don't have to focus on what's in front of me. But that we've been freed up to actually do the ministry of Jesus.